drive across town to bring you something special. And she's a conscientious cook. And notice in chapter 31, verse 15, she rises while it is still night to provide food for her household and portions for her maidens. I've seen Jan do this several times. Late Saturday night, she'll be up preparing a meal for a whole family and their friends a lot of times on Sunday morning. We generally have 25 people. So if you came to eat, we wouldn't even know you're there. <laughs> I've literally had people who come, I didn't even know they was there. In verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. Uh, a couple of thoughts here. One, this lady's working outside of the home. How's that for a conservative? And she's in real estate. She buys a field. She considers it. She evaluates it and purchases it. And with the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She's into gardening. This is not just a housewife. She's an economist. She's a coupon lady. And her lamp does not go out at night. She's industrious. This has to be exhausting for a woman. That's the point. It reminded me of the husband who got up grouchy one morning and said, Honey, would you fix a hot breakfast for a change? And so she poured him some cornflakes and set them on the fire. <laughs> That'll work. Ann Landers wrote, A successful housewife and mother demands more emotional health and balance, moral fiber, than any other job. She's a chauffeur, a maid, cook, referee, philosopher, nurse, hostess, teacher, psychiatrist, and she must be equal to every crisis at every moment, expecting the unexpected and to be an expert in conflict resolution. This, said Ann Landers, together spell mother. Let's go to the third point, and that is her welfare. I don't mean how others help her. I mean how she helps others. Verse 19. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She sews. Verse 20. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. There's always somebody in the church who needs help. And she will be one of the first to say, here's $20 for this, or here's 10 for this, to somebody who needs help. And if you, if you want to know of names of people, I can give them to you handily, so ask me after church. But she gives to others her welfare, verse 19 and 20. Number four in this uh, 
perfect woman, this exemplary woman. Look at her wardrobe, verse 21. She's not afraid of snow for her household. I'm assuming she lives in Michigan. She's not afraid of snow. All her household is clothed in scarlet. She dresses them warmly. She dresses them nicely. She even makes her own bed coverings, her own uh, sheets for herself, and her her clothing is fine linen and purple. Notice in verse 21 and 2, first is her household. Verse 22, herself. She puts her household before herself. Her husband, verse 23, is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She's a merchant. And and she doesn't leave off the more important virtues, verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at times to come. She's ready for the future. This is the woman of Proverbs 31. The impression is she's classy, even queenly. And her presence and her industry raises everyone around her. You ever heard, uh, uh, you know, the man's the head of the home, but the woman is the neck? You ever heard that? That's not in the Bible. (laughs) But I'll tell you what is in the Bible. Proverbs uh, 31.26, where it says that the woman, no, Proverbs 12.4, that the woman, the wife, the excellent wife, is the crown of her husband. Doesn't say she's the neck, but it does say she's the crown. Now, what does that, what's the difference in a neck and a crown? Well, a crown makes you look attractive, makes you look good, makes you look majestic, kingly. And uh, now, your neck, I'm sure you need your neck. But in all my life, no one has ever come up to me and said, you know what, Pastor, I really think your neck is attractive. I've never had that said to me. Even my kids don't say that. In fact, they don't like my neck. And I say, well, you may not, but one day you'll have it. But it does say the woman is the crown. She makes him look good. Um, I mentioned we have people over on Sundays, and Jan always works so hard. And, and sometimes people, so, so we'll have a, a couple over, and they'll come up to me afterwards and say, Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Uh, and I always say, No problem. <laughs> you know why? Because there's no problem for me. I didn't do nothing. But she, my little wife, 
makes me look good. She's my crown. She makes me look more kingly than I actually am. So we see this. Number five, let's notice her wisdom, verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Now, wisdom, being wise, is not necessarily the same as being right. You can be right and not be wise. We want you to, we, people need to be right, but a lot of right people aren't wise people. Wise means you know how to be right. You know when to be right. You know who to be right with. How to say things. Who to say it to. When to say it. That's wisdom. When I, we were living in Texas, I'd had an argument with Jan and I, and I was driving from Weatherford where we lived to Fort Worth. And I remember thinking as I was going along the highway there, I thought, you know, I'm right. I don't remember what we was arguing about, but I do remember I was right. And as and I came off, I got off the exit and came to a red light, and then it turned green. And I have the right of way, except that a big dump truck was barreling down the other way, and he was going to run that red light. Now, I was in the right, but to go full speed ahead would have been unwise. And I don't think I'd be here today. Someone wrote this little ditty. Here lies the body of Benjamin May. He died defending his right of way. He was right, dead right when he sped alone, but he's just as dead as if he's wrong. <laughs> So here's this woman, she's not only right, but she's wise. Oh, boy, we need women like that. Then, number six, look at her witness, verse 28 and 29. Verse 28 says, her children rise up and call her blessed or the blessed one. Her husband also, he rises up. He praises her. And look at verse 31. Give her of the fruit of her hands, let her works praise her in the gates. That is, in the public square, in the public arena. She has a good witness. Her children acknowledge it, her husband acknowledges it, and people in the gates at the mall acknowledge it. So this is her witness. And then number seven, notice her worship in verse 30. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. Vain means, um, it's often used of the wind. It's passing, it's lightweight. Charm is personality. It's deceitful. People with personality get depressed like everybody else. And beauty, that's empty because it passes. Charm is 
deceptive. Beauty is empty. But a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. She fears, she reverences Him. She stands in awe of the Lord. She worships Him. Uh, Young men who are not married here today, memorize that verse. Don't be drawn away by a charming woman who's very attractive. Ask her if she worshipped last Sunday morning. And if she didn't, then you run for your life away from that. Because everything you're attracted to will be gone in 10 years. Maybe 20. So he says, a woman who fears the Lord references and worships him. Proverbs 15, 16. says, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than having great treasure and troubles. You're better off with just a little income than great treasure and all the trouble that goes with marrying someone based on their looks. So who is this woman? This is the question you have to ask. I mean, I picked out seven main themes and went walked through them fairly quickly. Um, but there are two main views on her. Uh, the first view is something you, you'd be fairly familiar with. This is an exemplary woman that all women should be like. And that's kind of a downer. Who can be like this woman? She's perfect in every way. She's A to Z. Who is like her? It kind of reminds me of the two cows, no offense intended, (laughs) standing in a pasture and along comes a milk truck. And on the side of the milk truck, it said, our milk is pasteurized homogenized, sanitized, and vitamin enriched. And one cow turned to the other one and said, I'm feeling a little inadequate. How about you? (laughs) Is that the way we're to look at this? We walk away thinking, oh, man, I'm not even close to that. Now, that's one way you can do it. And you'll find books on Proverbs 31 Woman. And they'll give you uh, ten ways you can become this woman. And uh, it's a goal you will never reach. Now let me give you the second way to to view this. It's the way that the Jews take it, the rabbis. The rabbis say, number one, this is written not to women but to the men and the children. Look at verse 28. One version says, Let the children rise up, call her blessed. The husband also. Let this, this ought to happen. Verse 31. 
Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works works praise her in the gates where the elders meet and the crowd gathers. Let this happen. Let the children praise her. Let the husband praise her. Let let the, the public know about her. In other words, this is not an example to follow for the women, but a motive to appreciate the woman. Because when you read through this, every wife and every mother attains at least some of this and fulfills part of this, part of the time, and that's her whole life long through. And we ought to praise her and thank God for her and bless her, both the children and the husband and in public. We ought to elevate the woman because of all the work that she has to do every day and never gets credit for it. In Judaism, the men memorize this passage. Verses 10 to 31. And on the Sabbath, they sing it to their wives. So this is for the purpose of appreciating mothers and daughters and other women in Israel because it's addressed to the children and the husbands and the public. Here this passage elevates the woman and it's a stimulation to appreciation. That's what it amounts to. It says, guys, children, you don't know the value of what you have in your home. Her price is far above rubies. If she just does some of these things on some of these days, she's still more valuable than anything you can imagine. And so this is to help us to know. So ladies, thank you. And we appreciate you. Amen. Amen. In Luke 14, 14, Jesus says there's some things that you're not going to have compensation for until the resurrection. And I don't think we'll know until then how valuable you are to us. And we just appreciate you today. Amen. Let's bow for prayer. Let's worship with tithes and offerings. And Bud, you come and close us in a final song. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful passage that helps us put things in perspective for our wives and mothers today and even our daughters. Uh, May you be praised and may they be appreciated throughout this day in our hearts and minds in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.